Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, here we are again for another episode of our Women in Electronics Leader and Highlight Radio program. Very happy and honored and blessed to be here once again with Chris Beeson for our part two um, of his interview. Chris, thank you so much for being here again. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. All right. So, Chris, we were saying before that um, you um, work at Electro Components, which represents Allied and RS. In our previous episode, you explained that so well. So anybody who missed that, go back to part one and listen to Chris's uh, explanation of how Electro Components uh, ties in together Allied and RS. I thought that was a great description. So anyway, with that, the prior episode was about... Allied RS, electro components, and, and just where you stand in the industry, what impact you're making. I want to dig in a little deeper with you personally um, in this episode, just to learn more about you. You're a leader who's been in this industry for a long time. Most people know of your name. Um, you've had your own personal impact. So with that, I just wanted to start and, and, and go from the beginning. And how did you get your start in the electronics industry? Well, like many, when I was leaving college, I needed a job. <laughs> and, uh, my, my parents thought that would be a good idea at that point. And, uh, but the timing wasn't great. And so uh, high unemployment rate, high int- uh, interest rates, et cetera. And I won't bore you too much with that. But actually, uh, a company out of based in Cleveland, Ohio, and I was residing in Dayton, Ohio, they gave me an opportunity to interview, and that company was Pioneer Standard Electronics, which was later purchased by Aero Electronics. So I actually started with Pioneer Standard in a uh, trainee program. I soon learned that there were a lot of acronyms related to the industry, one being an IROC. And I said, what's an IROC? They said, well, that's you. You're an idiot right out of college. <laughs> so but you're... Because you have the background in business or interest in business, but we'll help teach you this industry. So I really had no real firsthand experience in the industry, but I was fortunate enough to be with an organization that had a curriculum to get me up to speed. And uh, here we are a number of years later, and I'm still in the same industry. So overall, it's worked out. That is one of the areas that a lot of our youth really struggle. And I'm adding that one to my list. That is hysterical, actually. Um, so there's a long list of acronyms in this industry that, you know, we take for granted. And um, it takes a long time. I think people forget that. And that's why it's really great to have leaders like yourself who started in the industry out of college. I did, too. You kind of grew up in the industry. You learned what you learned. And, and, and really, you forget what you actually know. So somebody new coming in, there's such a dump load of information. It gets to be really overwhelming. And I actually don't think that the onboarding is what maybe we had. We had a lot of different trainings and a lot of things we went through. Things are just different now. So I think it's really good to acknowledge that for our youth coming in. Um, and, and really having said that, how have you seen the industry change? So you started from college and here you are now. So 
What changes have you seen in this industry over this period of time? But if you look at the baseline of the industry, the fundamental makeup of business, the fundamental makeup of, of course, I represent the distribution segment. Some of that has, there's been a constant. It's uh, the constant for me is it's still a people business. It's still a business based on the foundation of trust. Really a long-term thinking related to who you're engaged with. But certainly what has changed is the methodologies, you know, certainly, you know, with the use of data, the use of technology, how we all have evolved in our shopping experience, that that's what's really changed over time. And I, I would also say that the change, I'm dating myself, but so many of the companies were really regional when I started. Uh, even to be a North America-based entity, that wasn't the norm. But now we've compounded that with this global view and scope. And that really adds to the, the need to have really consistency of, of how you go to market, really greater alignment. So it, on one hand, it makes it more complex, but it also really forces an organization to think through that footprint a little differently than they did certainly many years ago. Well, it's a really good point. If you look at where we started, where we are now with all the digital automation and look at marketing. Oh, my goodness. If marketing is not just so integral and so central in what you're doing, it's tough, right? It, it, it's, we have so many things to consider now um, that we hadn't considered. And, and with that, I, I think that you and I talked at one point about how this digital time kind of opens the opportunity for people that potentially maybe weren't seen as much in the past. If you look at an organization, and I think there's uh, people forward and maybe more outward. And, you know, thank you for the compliment related to being in the industry and, and being known. I had the good fortune of being more maybe at the forefront of, of conversations and, and maybe more a face and voice but I think the organizations today, we really have to take a strong look at the operational makeup. And there's so many terrific opportunities related to how one manages data, how one manages their website, how one manages their logistics, and it goes on from there. And I think there certainly will always be a, you know, a face of the company and a voice of the company. But the unsung heroes in this industry for many years are the people on the operational side of the business, which have really provided really strong service credibility over time. And I think that's becoming more apparent and more recognized within organizations today. Well, it's such a good point. I think nothing was more of a wake-up call for those unsung heroes during this COVID time, right? When, when, when you had some of these essential workers um, that are very operational and very in the background, when they're not there, <laughs> all suffers. So it really is that time in organizations to be paying attention to talent and, 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 and for people to understand how valued they are. Um, we had this whole discussion about this too, is and really women in particular, to know that they're encouraged, they're valued. A lot of times they'll leave an organization just because they just don't feel that. 
And so we talk about retention. We're talking about our talent crisis and just everything that's been going on. We can do these basic things like what you just mentioned, um, being aware of these things to retain our talent. But having said that, what challenges do you think our current rising leaders face? You know, from somebody who's been a seasoned leader, you have the perspective of the industry. What has changed so much that what are their challenges that they're facing that maybe we didn't face? Well, I think within our organization and, and, and through my experience, one lesson learned is, well, first off, there's unbelievable potential and talent within your own organizations. The question is, what have you done to nurture that and tap into that? And maybe even more importantly, what have you done to make a move safe and, and, and encourage people to take that next step, knowing that there's no downside per se? And I do believe, uh, you know, through the course of time, male and female, but I, I've seen it on the female side where there's a risk tolerance. I think organizations have to step in and really make sure that everyone understands that we're we're all behind the equation. It's, uh, and in many cases, certainly it has worked out when people have taken the next step in the career, but they never take the first step unless they know it's safe. And I think that's human nature to a degree as well. So I, I think companies, many companies are more in tune with that and more, and it isn't proof of concept. It's really just opening the door for people to maximize their potential and utilize their skill set to a much greater extent. Well, you are so spot on, Chris. I, I, you should have been a panelist at our, our <laughs> event we did yesterday. You hit on some of the things that came up as is so critical. Um, looking at existing talent, like what do you have right under your nose? And, and also you nailed it in making it safe. I, I think that's one of the biggest areas that a lot of companies are suffering is, 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 using the existing talent and, and promoting them, if you can't make that next step and feel safe doing it, you just, you know, a lot of people are not going to do it. So we have to really look at that in organizations. And then you mentioned opening the door. So that gets into my next question so nicely. Um, you know, we talk about mentorship and a form of mentorship that if the next step further is sponsorship, where we open the doors for people. We not only mentor them, but we believe in them so much that we open doors for them. So how has that aspect impacted your career? Have you had mentors and do you have any stories about how that has helped you? I was very fortunate to have a mentor in my early days when I joined the industry. And it's interesting because it probably wasn't like this formal, you know, structured type of mentorship program that maybe you have more sophistication around it today. But I will say that was kind of a North Star for me and a guiding light. And I, I knew I had sponsorship. There was a champion behind the equation. And as I get more involved in my career, you know, you start to assess that and say, well, first off, I've been very fortunate. The industry has been very good to me. And but what have I done to you know, nurture others and, and, and bring, have others have that opportunity to have, you know, a coach or a mentor. I think it's a personal responsibility. It's obviously great for a business. I just think you recognize that, 
you know, I've recognized that through the course of time to be a greater participant and, you know, give back to industry organizations, give back to a mentorship type of equation. I just think it's uh, it's an enriching for one, but at the same time, it, it's the right thing to do for a business. Mm. I appreciate that comment very much. And it's funny, you, you hit on something that most of our male leaders say is that um, you had an informal structure. And, and I think that's critical and important to note that for a couple reasons. One is that, you know, in an industry that's very, um, you know, made up of mostly males, it's very easy to have that casual mentorship. So what we're doing at Women in Electronics is bringing a program that's more formalized and bringing people together, yet very casual in its structure. So we took the input from a lot of our male mentors who have benefited from that casual type of mentorship. What we found is it was hard for women to reach out, maybe a level or two above themselves. So we created a formalized structure to bring people together. But within that, we made sure there was a casual environment from that type of comment. Like you said, the casual usually feels better. So anyway, with that, it's really critical to note that um, the mentorship is so important. Really good to know that within your organization, you know, there's there's programs, there's things, you know, going on to help support that. Um, But with that, Another critical topic that we're facing, a critical topic, is burnout, is employee burnout uh, or people just checking out. So how is it that your organization is addressing that? And how is it that this mentorship we're talking about, you know, how can this influence and help and, and, and pull people out of this burnout time? You're correct. We are in the middle of a an equation certainly through COVID, where, you know, the topic of wellness has never been more at the forefront. Our company, we're getting the feedback. I referenced in our first discussion that we are absolutely going through, you know, the organizational health. You know, what are we doing correctly? But then listening, what isn't working? What isn't working for people? Recognizing that we do have some gaps in that equation. So, that's a big part of our consideration, uh, knowing that it's a long-term game. And also, you know, fundamentally, not just people coming up through the ranks, but turnover in general is very, very costly, painful, disruptive. You know, most business focus very heavily on their retention, and but having the right environment in order to do that. So it's interesting for me because I think we're, that's why these topics about remote work, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, just taking the half an hour break and walking around the neighborhood, if indeed, you know, to get away from the the everyday orientation to business. Because I, I encouraging vacation time, you know, to monitor your personal time off and say, hey, you have too much banked. All due respect, you need to get away. And tell people and be intentional on making sure there's a, there's a balance within the business. Such a good point too, and and again, I, this is another topic we've addressed recently, and is the walking and talking. We don't have to be on Zooms for everything. If you can get out and walk, talk, you know, to your colleague or whoever it might be, it doesn't always have to be over a Zoom or a Teams meeting. So get your exercise. I mean these. 
little tidbits actually make a big difference. And people feel uncomfortable doing that. I know a lot of times, you know, I'll go to have a meeting and I'll have to take it via just cell phone instead. I think we did that with our pre-interview, Chris, um, versus just over a Teams or a Zoom. Those little times of just being getting a little relief uh, can make a big difference. But you also address something that I feel like I just really want to acknowledge. Our existing leaders, our leaders that have been here, are carrying a pretty big burden. I mean, there is really, this is just a different time now. And, you know, leaders have had to learn how to be therapists and have had to learn um, a lot of human skills, being compassionate and, you know, all these things that have come into the workplace have had to push leaders to a whole different level. So our current leaders, I hope, are taking care of themselves. I hope are taking their own time to regenerate because passion is an output, not an input. And if you're not inspired and you don't have that input coming in, it's really hard to exude the passion out. So for you personally, Chris, what have you done and what do you do as a leader to keep yourself motivated and and able to motivate others? Well, First off, I think you have to have self-awareness related to such topics. You know, Jackie, what's interesting about our business, you know, over time, and it's been an interesting industry, many, many of the leaders today, you know, 20 years later, they've grown up in the business. Mm-hmm. So as I, I used to jokingly talk about a mini MBA of distribution or mini MBA of being in the rep industry, et cetera, and they, they kind of grew up in it. They, they have a sense for it, but you know, at some point you want to eliminate your title, you know, allow for a conversation to occur. And at the same time, I think at the senior level, when you hit a certain status, how open are you to being coached? How open are you to be, you know, mentored when you think maybe I'm towards the top of the organization? Who's going to mentor me? So I was provided a, a terrific book called uh, Trillion Dollar Coach, and it references Bill Campbell, and it talks about Silicon Valley. And as you read through it, it just talks about a lot of different topics that really resonated for me. You, you know, whether you're in the ballet or an orchestra or you're a golfer, it's interesting, you know, if you're 30 years in, they all have coaches, and they all have people that they can lean on and, and hopefully have transparency of conversation. And I think at times we lose sight of that in call it the corner office. And uh, I think there's more awareness of that in today's time frame. And uh, I, I think to, I would just encourage that, you know, to, to, to reach out to others at the same time, allow yourself to be coached. Because not all are, uh, you know, in essence, we're all coachable. It's just how much willingness do we have to, to be coached. Oh. And I, I, that's an important aspect as well. Okay. So that's another great point, Chris, is that a part of our mentorship program is we really believe in reverse mentorship. So right. as mentors come in mentoring others, they're also getting mentorship in other ways as well. So when we reach a point where we feel like we just know it all, it's just that's the danger zone. So I agree with you. We always have to um, improve ourselves. And and now in the business world, we talked about this as, at our event recently, too, is that now is the time to merge the 
personal and professional development. Because if you can't be personally developed, you're bringing all those bad habits and all those unconscious biases, all everything, the lack of growth into your organization. So that's why we really harp on personal and professional growth and getting those human skills, those leadership skills really developed. But last, I mean, we are running out of time, but I just wanted to ask you, since we're here doing an interview for Women in Electronics, of course, I have to ask this question. What is it that you feel like an organization like us, like Women in Electronics, what our mission is to expand the opportunities for women in the electronics industry while aligning with our male counterparts um, as a team? So what benefit do you think, being in this industry, the amount of years you have, where is it that you feel that we can fill this niche in the industry? How, how do you see this whole thing working out? You know, I think all of us at times need a nudge. And there's, you know, I, I don't think I've worked for a distribution company related to the male-female that isn't more dominated by female and, and participation and headcount. So it's always kind of been there. I, I think you're providing the, the platform to make that, expose that to a greater extent and really take the opportunity to engage to a much greater extent. And as you alluded to earlier, you're providing the tools to be able to do that. So it's one thing to have in concept. It's another thing to have in practice. And, and so in essence, you're acting as the coach related to the industry. And I think you should feel good about that and be applauded about that. Because that will be, it's just good for everyone in the equation and in the greater ecosystem that we live in to have that type of uh, opportunity and, and platform to educate others. Mm. I appreciate that very much, Chris. I just so regret that we're out of time because I feel like I want to talk to you further. But I want to say to you, I appreciate you as a leader. I look at a lot of our leaders in our industry. Women in electronics would not be here without the support of our leaders in particular right now um, it, it's a lot of our male leaders who are offering the sponsorships. And so we are very grateful and women electronics is a uniting force to unite the men and women, not to divide and um, to move forward together, but to open the opportunities. So for people like you who have put thought into this and who support it um, to very much appreciate you and love what you've done in the industry and uh, look forward to uh, future opportunities to chat. So thank you for being here. Well, I appreciate it. And just reinforces every day is a journey and uh, you're, uh, we're moving forward. And uh, I do believe good things are occurring. And uh, I applaud your organization, Women Electronics, for the progress and awareness that you're driving. So uh, thank you for the opportunity to have a discussion with you. Mm, thanks for being here. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.